Greetings and welcome to Inside Baseball with Old Chestnut. I'm Liam Allen with more sex. How you doing, MB? Happy Sunday afternoon, my friend. Likewise to you, my friend. Uh, how was your week? Um, gosh, you know, that's <laughs> what's a weekend? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, pretty good. Pretty good. good. You? Uh, yeah, uneventful. Uh, a quiet, busy week, and we're just clicking days off the calendar, in my opinion. Okay. Till yeah. till what? Uh, September, October, November. Okay. That's that's that's, when... that's. I'm sticking to my. I'm not judging anything or, or or putting any stock in anything until Halloween, and then you can tell me if inflation is transitory, okay. if the numbers are meeting expectations, if, if we have any any signs of tapering, whatever you want to do. I'm, okay. I don't want to talk about it until Halloween. Is the um, is Halloween on the 31st again this year? I, I believe it is, yes. Oh, good. Yep. Good, and then that would put Valentine's Day on February 14th. Correct, yes. Oh, all right. Yep. Okay. So you uh, obviously uh, – Saw the news I sent you this morning about the brouhaha related to the uh, iconic Thunder Road by Bruce Springsteen. I did. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I, I uh, Mary's dress waves. What was the other word? Sways. Yeah, I, I went back and I listened to a uh, a bootleg studio copy, oh. and it sways. Mary's dress. Mary's dress sways. Yeah, well, he's wishy-washy and he's a mumbler. Um, so I, I yeah. think either one fits. Um, but yeah. Okay. All right. Well, so you asked me about my week, right? And I did. I'm counting down the days to to Leadville. Mm-hmm. And um, I have to keep the cycling um, memes short because middle daughter has told me that uh, – it's interesting, but not that interesting. So we, mm-hmm. we need, to, we need okay. to be very careful. But say, uh, Friday, I went out on uh, my weekly six-hour ride. Ugh. Thank God I only have one more of those left. <laughs> okay. But uh, it was very hot. And yeah. And, yeah, and pea soup, right? I went out at uh, 6.05 a.m. Mm-hmm. And uh, this time I was by myself. I, mm-hmm. Me uh, and um, the earbuds and... I listened to two fish concerts. Wow. Um, but that's a lot of time on the bike. Mm-hmm. And um, anyway, I had some some th- sort of thoughts that came to mind, and they led me down a rabbit hole, which ended around midnight last night and started again this morning mm-hmm. around 6 a.m. In fact, mm-hmm. I almost pinged you at 6.30 <laughs> and said, <laughs> Ready to do the go. show? <laughs> Let's go. Fire it up. Okay. Um, but... but I'm, I'm reminded of, uh, I used to, for five years in a row, I went up fishing with my cousin Henry uh, in northern Canada. Okay. And uh, it was one of these fly-in fishing places or sort mm-hmm. of executive fishing. Now, mm-hmm. I had never gone fishing before in my life, right? Okay. I mean, just yeah. to put it in perspective, my father never learned how to ride a bike, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so... Growing up, I, he helped me learn how to ride a bike, but I was more of a baseball, tennis, golf kind of guy. And uh, so this outdoor stuff was sort of new to me. And anyway, uh, my cousin Henry talks me into going up to this place. And um, he said, look, you're going to have a lot of fun, I guarantee it. And I'm like, well, you know, I'm not much for fishing. And 
And I like being outdoors. I like going hiking. But, uh, you know, we'll have to, um, fuck it, I'll give it a try. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. we fly up there, and uh, it's bare bones, but it, it was actually a lot of fun. You know, you get up, and they serve you like a three-course breakfast. Mm -hmm. You get in the boat in the morning, and you go jigging for walleye. And, yeah. of course, you know, you're drinking beer at mm -hmm. like 8 a.m. Mm -hmm. uh, it's called it's Labatt's. Labatt's, <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> Um, and, uh, you jig for the walleye and it's, it's very Zen-like cause you're sitting there, there's not a ripple on the lake and, uh, you're drinking beer and you mm -hmm. just, cause jigging, you know, mm -hmm. you got, you yeah. hold the pole and you're, you're pulling on the line with your index finger and then something bites and there's a little bit of a endorphin rush. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, so the morning you, you collect a bunch of walleye and then. Uh, at lunchtime, you meet up with the rest of your crew on an island somewhere, and these Cree Indian guides take the walleye, the fillet them. They fry them in an iron skillet mm -hmm. in lard mm -hmm. and potatoes, mm -hmm. you know, baked Absolutely, beans, yeah. the whole thing. Okay, mm -hmm. so it's, it's it's awesome. So, and then in the afternoon, you go you go fishing for uh northern mm -hmm. which are these big long aggressive yeah area. and you go up there like early june just after the freeze is over so these things are hungry so they're biting yeah yeah you know, it's like it's finding the proverbial fishing hole. Mm -hmm. so, yeah those big pike those are fun to fish it's yeah. unbelievable yeah so uh anyway i catch a bunch of fish and i was like yeah this is great so i go back the next year only i take two of my buddies with me with the group mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh and one of them uh unfortunately he he passed not that long ago but the other guy's uh a podiatrist in new jersey anyway we met in chicago and so we're up there and one day we go to another lake to catch like the lake trout mm -hmm. okay and apparently lake trout are smart and they're hard to catch so uh we hop in the, like the float plane, we fly to like another lake and, uh, you know, they drop us off there with our Cree Indian guides. Mm -hmm. And so it's me and Rex and my guide in one boat and my friend Buck and his guide and one other guy and their boat. And like these Cree Indian guides, they don't say much. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the guy I had, a guy named Rory, Okay. So he'd sit there in the back. He had like a leather motorcycle jacket on and he had a bandana that was a like a born in the USA kind of bandana thing. Sure. And he wouldn't really say much. He would just kind of look at me and he would say uh Meps and and nod his head like in the direction cuz Meps is the name of a lure in the direction he wanted me to chuck the thing. Okay. So I got like two trips up there with this guy and he hasn't said like more than two words to me other than early on. He said, can I, can I have one of them beers? Mm -hmm. And the guy who owned the camp said, I got two rules here. And one of them is don't give any beer to the Indians. Mm -hmm. So I said to Rory, no, no, no beer. And, okay. So anyway, uh, you know, the, we're in this boat and, um, we're fishing and 
Rex, Buck, and I simultaneously get a lake trout on the hook. Mm-hmm. Now, the odds of this are one in a million, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. So you got the three goofballs hauling these lake trout in, and Rory is trying to engineer this thing, being the Cree Indian guide, right? And is Rex, Buck, and I totally hammered. Lucky we didn't fall out of the boat. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, we're just scrambling to get the fish in out of the blue. Rory says in perfect English, let's not fuck this up. <laughs> <laughs> so An iconic line. <laughs> exactly. So why do I say that? Well, because, so I'm doing this six-hour ride, and uh, you know, there's not a lot going on between mm-hmm. my two ears, right? Mm-hmm. So sure. you know, I let my mind wander, and I drift. Um, I drift back to my time when I was working in on German Street in London for Greenwich Capital, and we had a guy that I hired uh, to work in London, but he had been a Chicago guy. So you know, Chicago guys feel a little bit of an affinity for each other. And he had been a local in the option pit at the Chicago Board of Trade. So we knew some mutual people. And uh, Got it. Uh, anyway, um, I, at one point, I may have mentioned I had hired this option trader from Solomon Brothers, and he came in and lost some money. But uh, I learned a lot watching him lose money. And, and so what I did was I got to be, as far as I could call myself an expert, I got to be sort of an expert in options. And so options in a lot of ways are very simple and you can put them together in these um, mathematical identities. So, you know, if you have an equation A plus B equals C, B plus A equals C, you know, it's the same thing, right? Or you can divide and swap around and it's all the same thing. And you can do the same thing with options. For instance, if you have a call and uh, or you want a call and you no one will offer you one, you can buy the underlying and you can buy a put. Mm-hmm. And there's this thing called put-call parity that makes it all work. And that's... You can dig into that on your own. Mm-hmm. It's just I'm using this as a vehicle. So... As we were sitting in German Street and I was talking to this fellow that I hired who had been the option local, I just saw the strategy that they call the jelly roll. And I won't attempt to recreate what this strategy is, but it's really just a strategy that occurs very infrequently. And it's a market maker strategy. So, for instance, you and I as retail guys, if we went to do this between the bid offer spread and the commission, there's no money in it. Got it. But if you're on the floor and a customer comes in and does one side and then another customer does another side simultaneously, you can take both sides of that trade and it's an identity. And all you got to do is hold the expiration. You're guaranteed to make money. Interesting. Okay. So anyway, I'm asking this kid about the jelly roll thing. And he starts spinning this yarn about how, you know, he got one done and everyone was 
cheering for him. And so he went out and he bought a, a bunch of jelly donuts and he brought them back to the floor to hand out. And I'm thinking, you know, this is a little bizarre because when I worked on the floor, you had to work your ass off to sneak food onto the floor. Interesting. Like you had a better shot at getting a Glock wow. on the floor of the Board of Trade than you had food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So anyway, I, I kind of note that. And sometime later, uh, we were sitting around trading and uh, some discussion came up about the metals for some reason. And he starts talking about this friend of his who was a lot older and how in the 60s he was short a bunch of silver futures during the Bay of Pigs. And I'm thinking, okay. So we talked for a minute. So I'm like, you know what? I had this Canadian kid working for me at the time. Uh, so I said to the Canadian kid, go look up and see when they started trading silver futures. It was like in the 70s. It was way okay. really after the Bay of Pigs. Mm -hmm. So now I know this this guy from Chicago is mm -hmm. a, is a mm -hmm. fucking lawyer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> okay. So now long after, adios, muchachos. Yep. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. Why? What am I talking about here? So there's this thing called the truth default theorem. I sent you a, a little mm -hmm. bit of a, a little Wikipedia page on it. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, basically, it says, in most instances, people believe what they're told. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I mean, I don't know, do you think that that's true? Yeah, I do. And the way that it was written and the way it was described, it seemed so obvious. And, yeah, they, it's... I thought the most interesting thing was that when your brain tries to, to come up with a lie... It takes longer for, and you're, there's activity in different areas of your brain. When someone asks you a question, it's harder to lie than it is to tell the truth. I thought that was the interesting little tidbit from that, yeah. but it made sense. It does make sense. And then when, when you read that theory and then you listen to your example, go on, like, go, go, you know, once you know that the person is lying, then you have a suspicion and then you're less likely, but it still said that you're only, you only have almost a 50, 50. Of what of knowing whether the person of detecting the deception or not, mm -hmm. um, you know whether it's fifty fifty or eighty twenty or mm -hmm, twenty eighty. Mm -hmm. I, I I mean I hope you agree with this that the point is you need to enter that into your decision process. Absolutely. Okay. Yep. So keeping in mind the let's not fuck this up. Mm -hmm. Why did I spend fifteen minutes and thirty two seconds getting us to this point? Mm -hmm. The reason is the Wall Street Journal article I sent you at 10 o'clock last night that you, mm -hmm. <laughs> I forget exactly what you said to me, but it was basically, don't send me these things at 10 o'clock at night. Unless you want to do the show and talk about it. For yeah, I know. We, just for those of you keeping score at home, Liam and I try and do the the broadcast on Saturday night because he's being a good dad and I'm a loser. I got nothing else to do. But a lot of times now that I get, now that I'm a little older, I get a little tired and um, I kind of lose my energy and I, I really want to bring my A game. Uh, 
or as close to an A game as I can achieve. Mm -hmm. But anyway, uh, so there's this Wall Street Journal article that talks about yield farming. Mm -hmm. And, okay, I like these phrases. Mm -hmm. And um, so basically, uh, the article talks about how guys are loaning or depositing their cryptocurrency with these third parties, and the third parties um, pay them interest on it. And so now all of a sudden, uh, we're talking about something I feel like I got a little bit of a, uh, not an edge, but you know, when you're a leveraged treasury arbitrage trader, it's all borrowing and lending. Mm -hmm. So I did a little work on this thing, and um, in the article, sentence. Can I just read the second sentence? Read whatever you like, buddy. It's a high-stakes endeavor. Investors run the risk of having their digital wealth stolen by scammers or erased by sudden bouts of volatility. The space is also largely unregulated. I would disagree with one thing. I, it's not largely unregulated. <laughs> <laughs> Entirely, totally. <laughs> so in that article, um, there's a third party who does the borrowing and lending for you. Um, the name of the company, and this is in the Wall Street Journal, it's uh, it's spelled A-A-V-E. Mm -hmm. How would you pronounce that? Ave? Ave. Okay. So, um, Ave is a decentralized, non-custodial liquidity market protocol where users can participate as depositors or borrowers. Depositors provide liquidity to the market to earn a passive income, while borrowers are able to borrow in a over-collateralized or under-collateralized fashion. Okay, so uh, that's off of their, their webpage. Um, anyway, they, they frequently talk about how these things are audited. Okay, so I went to, uh, and I invite you uh, to do your own verification, but I went to the page on uh, Ave, and if I'm pronouncing that incorrectly, I apologize. Oh, we'll get um, 30 emails from our okay. distinguished I'm listeners. I'm still waiting to be proven right that it's dog coin. <laughs> anyway, um, I'm looking at the security and audits, and one of the auditors' name is called PeckShield. So I looked up PeckShield, and uh, the first web page I went to was entirely in Chinese. Oh. Yeah. So you just said translate and it all came up. <laughs> oh, well, I, did I, do you know that I, I speak and read Mandarin? I did not, but that yeah. doesn't surprise me. <laughs> no, that, that's, that's a lie. Um, anyway, just from the Peck Shield page, Peck Shield was founded in 2018 by former, I don't even know how to pronounce this word, chief scientist something Zhang. And major investors, including Garong Capital. Mm. Sounds like a real Pete Marwood mm -hmm. competitor, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. okay. White shoe firm. Yeah. So I went to some of the other uh, auditors of Ave, 
And uh, one of them, I like this one. It's called uh, Open Zeppelin. Oh, that's the name yep. of the auditor. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I read the auditor report from Open Zeppelin. Okay. <laughs> this is comment number one. You ready? You sitting mm-hmm. down? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Users can steal funds. <laughs> Uh, this I, is this is a good audit. Okay, I, I, I'm a big, yeah. I, I, you know. I mean, it's just whenever user users deposit assets into a particular reserve, they choose whether the assets can be used as collateral against future loans. In addition to earning interest, this decision is stored as a flag in a object that handles the association between particular account reserve contract. However. However, that's a great. (laughs) If the user already has deposits in the same reserve, the existing flag is simply overwritten. This can be leveraged by malicious users to unlock and withdraw any collateral, even if it's required to secure a loan. Yeah, and then they tell you how to do it. (laughs) Unbelievable. Next. Next comment. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Rogue borrower can manipulate other accounts' borrower balance. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i'm just reading off the fucking internet yeah yeah yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. And get, and get, but wait there's more this is the best <laughs> this is the best sensitive mathematical operations are not explicitly documented every every fucking gearhead in the world <laughs> is giving me this open source bullshit mm-hmm. how it's verified and, mm-hmm. and, i mean come mm-hmm. on yep come Couldn't on be- couldn't be more opaque. Oh yeah. my lord! Yeah. So, uh, and then I found another auditor. This name wasn't quite as. Uh, uh, Users can steal funds. Yeah. This one, uh, this one's called Certix. Yep. And in their disclaimer, Certix reports should not be used in any way to make decisions around investment or involvement with any particular project. These reports in no way provide investment advice, nor should be leveraged as an investment advice of any sort. Okay. Yeah. So, um, uh, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> Somebody I mean, should do something. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't even know. I mean, what can, what can you say? I don't understand how it's gone this far. Okay? And now like what has to happen? Who who has to start paying attention and who can say stop? The FDIC? No. FDIC doesn't care about this. Or not a bank. Yeah, not a bank. Okay. No, yeah. This is tinfoil hat time. Okay. Okay, lock up the women and children. Mhm. Mhm. This is the perfect storm mm. because so if you just had, you know, be boop buying the Bitcoin at a mm-hmm, thousand mm-hmm. and it goes to a hundred thousand and then back to zero, they just round trip their own money. Yeah. Okay. What happens here is now you have leverage. Okay. That's the key word always, yes. isn't it? Isn't it? Yes. So um, remember we were talking about the grayscale trust? Yep. How that was trading at flat NAV. But mm-hmm, you had to lock mm-hmm. up the money for six months. Okay. Mm-hmm. So uh, 
what what happens here is there'll be a lot of people, and Paul Tudor Jones is one of these guys because I think he said this anyway. It's not mm-hmm. disparaging, but I think he said he owned the futures. Okay, Bitcoin futures. Now the Bitcoin future is cash settled, so you never have to get your hands dirty. Okay, so in general, people will be willing to pay a premium for that. Okay. okay. So uh, that means the futures trade rich. Mm-hmm. So a guy like me would go in and sell the future and buy the Bitcoin. But to make the return attractive, you got you to gotta lever it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you go to Jeez. one of these places and you give them your Bitcoin, they give you yep. the money. Mm-hmm. And you get your leverage that way, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, let's say uh, this company, Ave, something goes wrong, like we just read in the notes. Now, the the arbitrageur, his his asset is the Bitcoin at the company, and his liability is short to the futures market to Paul Tudor Jones, right? So what happens is, all of a sudden, if his Bitcoin goes missing, he's broke. He can't make his margin call. Margin call, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And so all of a sudden, the Merck has to step in. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, I talked to one guy the other day that, you know, they've got like a small platform, and they're doing uh, exchange arbitrage. So... Maybe like Coinbase mm-hmm. versus Binance or whatever. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know the name of right, the Right, right, right. Um, so once again, to make the returns any good, they need to spin them up through the leverage. Mm-hmm. And so I went to this website, the Ave, and um, the the interest rates on these things. Now, I'm embarrassed to say I assume these rates are annual rates. And they, maybe they're daily rates. But for many of these things, it's just like 3% or 4%. And if it's an annual rate of 4%, you're, you're giving up the safety, what safety you have, that's even questionable, of the, of the underlying crypto mm-hmm. for a return of 4% a year. Or as Elizabeth Warren would say, that's just four pennies a year. Mm-hmm. So... This is, to me, you know, there's that book, I love the title. They told me this is how the world ends. Mm-hmm. This is what happens. You get some something crazy, okay, and all of a sudden you have the knock-on effects, cascading failures, and um, that's what happened in the global financial crisis. You know, it's like mm-hmm. Bear Stearns had trouble, yep. then Lehman had trouble, then they didn't bail Lehman out, then everyone had an AIG, went down the tubes, and all of a sudden you had these parties who had collateralized stuff, and the collateral got locked up. It's just, it's just ugly. Um, to, to, to as an example, why I think people are so asleep at this is uh, I never met this guy, but. Uh, you, you, I'm sure you've heard of him. His name is Mark Cuban. Mm-hmm. Okay. So in that article that we keep talking about, the Wall Street Journal, um, 
I would say this is a quote, but I copied it down in pen and I can't read my handwriting. So this is as close as possible. But um, he said, yield farming is not much different than buying high dividend paying stocks or high yield unsecured debt. Mm-hmm. Now, um, I want to keep the hyperbole down so people take me seriously. Because mm-hmm. if it was a regular edition of Inside Baseball, the old chestnut, I might have some color for words. Mm-hmm. But this statement uh, is just not valid. Okay. Yep. I mean, yeah. dividend paying stocks are stocks. Yep. Unsecured debt is unsecured debt. They are both in the uh, equity section of a firm's balance sheet, okay? They have rights in terms of liquidation of assets, and uh, they have QCIP numbers, which are identification. And, uh, you know, in most Mm -hmm, instances, mm -hmm. they've been vetted by law firms. Yep. You can't take him seriously for the stuff that he says. he got burned on Titan. He he got he's already been he's been knuckling around in crypto and he got burned on that digital currency Titan that we talked about. Um and remember he came out after that and said, Oh, I think we need to look a little a little harder at these things. You know? Oh that's right. We yeah, talked about same, him. Same guy. Yeah, there's yeah. no crying in baseball. Right, right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So um So he's a clown. I wish I said that. <laughs> got it. I'll take care of you. <laughs> Um, anyway, I, I mean, I yeah. kind of, I kind of, that's pretty much kind of what I had to say about this thing. Cause mm-hmm. I don't know. It's not like, uh, you know, to me and you, I mean, I, I, I know me and I think you, we don't have a dog in the hunt, right? I don't trust this stuff. Nope. Um, I just have some sort of fascination with, uh, what's happening in terms of sort of a uh, societal um, group think. Mm-hmm. So That's, there, there you go. Bingo. That's right? the magic word is the group yeah. think. A hundred percent. So, you know, um, I've done a, a, a small amount of mountaineering in my mm-hmm. life and a fair amount of, of rock climbing. Mm-hmm. This applies more to mountaineering than rock climbing. Um, so basically, uh, you get into situations in mountaineering where you've got a go or no go call, and there are times when there's going to be a group of guys, and nobody wants to be the guy to go as eh, too dangerous. Yep, yep. And when you're at the Hillary step, and it's you got to get up by the clock's ticking, and if you go and you're not going to get back down in time, yeah. it's the critical moment on the mountain, and it's where people make the wrong decisions. You're up at twenty thousand feet, you're dehydrated, you got the altitude going, yeah. and they think, and they, you know, they're so they have that tunnel vision. You've made it this far, you've got to get to the summit. Yeah. Bad decisions. Yeah, but it, it in this case it stems from nobody wanting to be embarrassed and sounding like they're weak. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, um, yeah. Uh, so what if, what if some, let's, let me just, what if David Solomon came out and said, we're done. This is, this is bad. This is all going wrong. There's red alerts. There's red flags. We're, we're, we're stopping. We're putting a pause on our crypto workings right now. What, what would happen? David Solomon. 
You familiar with him? Oh, oh excuse me, DJ Soul. Oh, oh, oh. oh. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He I runs confused. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it is the weekend. He's probably lining up the boardy barn this afternoon out in the Hamptons yeah. at three o'clock. Uh, I, you know, I'd be impressed. Right, but nobody's going to do that, right? No. Okay, no. but no, there's no. got to be people that think that, right? Well, there's two right here. <laughs> and if you take Kevin Muir, that's three. Right, right. So there's the, the three most powerful people on the internet airwaves. Um, yeah. Oh, so anyway, I knew what I, where I wanted to go before I gave you that long, boring yarn about mm-hmm. making bad decisions and mm-hmm. mountaineering. Mm-hmm. I, only, I only threw that in there to show you how cool I am. Right, so um, you're a renaissance man, the Matterhorn, and all the other, you know. <laughs> so uh, why I went that route is... Uh, I have never done any serious work on this, but I've, I've read a lot about like con games, confidence games, sort of, mm-hmm. you know, like even the movie, the sting, mm-hmm. which I hope you saw that movie. Come on, let's go. What year do you think it is? I bet I'm not even born. Not that that's a valid excuse, and I will watch it. What is it? Okay, Who is it? Steve? It. Is it no, Steve McQueen? You heard, you heard, you Paul, heard no, it. Is it Paul Newman you or something? You know about the Civil War, right? That was before. I've heard the of that. War. Yeah, yeah. And, anyway, um, I've, we'll work on this mm-hmm, offline. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but the point is there are certain things you see in confidence games and cults, and and I think that's what's going on. Here, so you have a couple of people who are very much out in the public talking about how great this is and how much money they made from it and how it could be you too. And all you got to do is send some money, and it's an app on your phone, of course, and you click buy. Yep, and uh, plus you got all that stimmy. Mm-hmm. Money sitting, and uh, I mean, what's it's the perfect situation because stuff's yeah. going up. Yep, absolutely. Market doesn't pay any interest on your deposits, mm-hmm. right? You get to fight the man, yeah, like the government. It's taking like taking down the big banks, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly. Please. Yeah, and okay. And I think we have all of those things in place. Where, I mean, I I just. Here's the best part about it. We we don't need it. I don't need it. I know I know <laughs> that they try to advertise it as oh it's for the underbanked and for the people that don't have banks. Um okay, fine. But they're not knocking at the door begging for it, okay? If I need to pay you and send you some money, number one, I can do it through Chase. I can send money up to to Morris. Uh, yeah. Boom, done. Okay, up to whatever. There's a, there's probably a limit. Maybe I can right. only send you 5 or 10 5 or 10 grand a day. Yeah. But if I want to PayPal you, 10 grand, boom, PayPal, your money's there. And and by the way, by the way, I'm glad you brought this up. Okay. I'm delighted you brought this up. If you sent me 10 grand in PayPal, Mm -hmm. that's going to cost you like 300 bucks. Correct. Something like that, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If you send me 10 grand via Chase, maybe $15? Zero. Zero. Okay. Okay. So I was riding with the Canadian kid that we Mm -hmm. like today. Mm -hmm. So uh, I figured because he's younger than me. He would know about this stuff, but in fact, this isn't his specialty. But I said, you know, this DeFi stuff, okay, there's all sorts of things that make that up. But basically, the, what I'm pointing out 
is what you just mentioned. So you have some huge amount of people that don't have access to banking, right? Mm -hmm. That's the argument. We're going to bring banking to the masses. Right. Okay. Well, the reason these people don't have banking is because they don't have any money. Correct. Okay. Yep. So they still need payment services. I get that. Okay. These DeFi companies, are they doing that for free? Of course well, so, not. See, that's my question. I don't know. Like, look, I'm an expert now in the auditing of uh, Ave because I spent <laughs> 90 minutes looking at things. But, but let's say, for instance, you have X pseudo bank for poor people. Mm -hmm, okay. Mm -hmm. So th they send you 10 bucks, 12 bucks, and, and you don't charge them anything. And they want to send $8 to Pakistan or whatever. And uh, you got costs. As, as a company, you have costs, right? So where, where does that money come from? Well, it can come from a couple of places. I'm thinking right now three places. One is you can charge the poor guy some money. Mm -hmm. Two is uh, you might be able to earn interest on his deposits, but we know that's not the case. Right. Because right now you can get a clean, easy five basis points. Okay. So per million, I think that's 500 bucks a year. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. If I'm wrong, it's 50. Okay. Okay. I get old. I can't do the math. Yeah, that's fine. But you, you want to know who's paying for it? The, the venture capital guys. Because they're putting money in, they're subsidizing the operating losses, and then they're going to take the company public. Mm -hmm. Boom. Yep. yep. Everybody wins. And maybe even better yet, they put it in a spec. Those are very popular these days. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm sounding very cynical, and I, I feel sorry for you having to sit through this. There is good news. I see oh. they, they've come up with a... Um, a plant-based synthetic foie gras. Come on. And the the writer of the article said it's good. If I blind taste if I if I can blind taste it and it passes, I'll buy it. How about that? Fuck yeah. I'm sold. Sold. Oh. Do you ever uh, you, you've been to Katz's, right? Oh yeah. So recently. I, I, oh god. I love that. Still place. got a knot in my chest from that pastrami on rye that i had did you uh, did i tell you how you you take that up a notch yeah you, and, and i ordered it and they didn't yeah, yeah 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 what is it you put chopped chicken liver on top of yeah, it. yeah 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 i got the chicken i got a whole container of the chicken liver for myself that i i could literally eat with a spoon it's fantastic you know it's one of those things my uh katz's deli for the for the people outside of the tri-state that are listening you know, the funny thing is there's places in uh, New York that have got way better. So there was this place. Russ and Daughters? You ready? No, that's a. Oh. Uh, Russ and Daughters is great, but the, they're, Phenomenal. they're a um, more fish. Yeah, yeah. They don't have corned beef in there. No. There's a place. It's a Canadian uh, team. They used to have a place in um, Manhattan. And Brooklyn, now I think they just have a place in Brooklyn. It's called like Five Mile, mm. Five Mile or Inn or something like that. Mm. They had killer pastrami. Mm. 
Oh man, I could go for. By the way, that uh, that picture you sent me of Fiona eating the cheeseburger at the oh, yeah. place. Mm-hmm. Dude, I, I knew that. Would, I knew that would get you. <laughs> did you have one of those? Yeah, absolutely. I had this. It, it's a it's a slider. You know, those are the sliders. Yeah. And S- small got two, and I and I got one. Um, yeah, fine dining. Wait, you only got a little one? Yeah. Yeah, you, yeah. You're watching your weight? Yeah. Yeah, because I haven't been riding the bike. So if I don't ride the bike, I can get fat quick. So, uh, yeah. She's a growing child, you know. Um, Got to feed that thing. I was going to say, I met a uh, another um, youngster, young man that might, might be a match. Oh, yeah, where, yeah, yeah. Where did I meet that? At uh, the cheese, at the cheese, uh at the cheese market up on uh, your your, your well, neighbor, that, right? That, no, that, that's one. There was a second one. We got another second suitor, all right? Yeah. I'm drawing a blank on this one, but that's the, all right. I was I've been a little surprised um lately after dinner uh Cheryl Kate and I have been going for a walk down the lane okay. just to get out of the house, you know, a mm-hmm. little bit and uh I was trying to talk them into uh going to Carvel. Mm-hmm. Um but they didn't want to. Um and I didn't need to. Wrong. Which is fine, but um, we were walking down the lane, and I noticed uh, we haven't seen the proprietor of the cheese shop lately, mm-hmm. and so I've speculated that he's having trouble getting staff. <laughs> yeah, the labor shortage. Yeah, that's still good for real, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Yep. Your boy, um, who's the bond, the junk bond king? Gerlock is that his last name? Who's the? What's the? Well. You're talking Mike Milliken from the '80s? No, no, girl. What's his last name? Um, who he complained that uh, that he had bad service at a restaurant. Okay, um, Gunlock. Who's uh, yeah. Jeff Gunlock? Okay, yeah, yeah. cited the fact that he received poor service from a waiter last weekend as a rate as a reason for wage inflation. Apparently, one of his servers was new and inexperienced, so he applied that to his economic theory and. Blamed uh, inflation on his bad waiter. Okay, so we've really, we've really taken it to the next level. Yeah, I'm a little, uh, I'm a little disappointed. You know, one of the things uh, that I've noticed lately, and this is kind of a downer. Uh, so well, we were just, we had just turned to the optimistic, and we, had I know, it just doesn't say, want to stay. <laughs> the needle doesn't want to stay there. <laughs> okay, all right. It's like we north, tried, we tried. North is north. <laughs> Um, so, uh, a, a, a man that I was developing a nice friendship with, uh, went missing two weeks ago and, and oh, found, in the woods found, in Virginia, yes, they oh. found him dead yep. and, uh, he took his lovely wife to a place in Virginia for the 4th of July weekend, romantic getaway. And now this mm-hmm. guy was a qualified mountaineer, mm-hmm. rock climber. And he was training to do this rim-to-rim Grand Canyon run. Okay. So he went out for a jog, like a two- or three-mile jog, on a trail in sort of a high-class resort. So you can imagine just how strenuous that trail must have been, right? Right, of course. Yeah, yeah. But he went off-piste, and he fell off a a bluff, Mm -hmm, I think. mm -hmm. They're still waiting to figure it out. Yeah, yeah. So – it's obviously a tragedy. And then I put together that, um, you know, that uh, our other Canadian friend, my neighbor in Scottsdale, put together a couple of times 
that I went on trips to France where we do the, we we bike all the famous routes, mm-hmm. right? And the man who puts the trip together was a former tour director for a professional team. And he and his wife have lived in France for like the last 20 years or something like that. Americans, but mm-hmm, they live mm-hmm. in France. And so he, I think, had been a professional writer. I'm virtually certain he was a professional writer. His wife, if she hadn't been a professional writer, she was at that level. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they live in the a small town near one of the famous climbs in France. And I don't know, maybe it's two months ago. She went out for a ride and didn't come home. And they find her the next day. She crashed. And um, so I'm taking a look at these couple of things, right? Where you have two people that are highly, highly competent at a sport. We're not talking about the weekend warriors or the dilettantes. We're talking Mm -hmm. about trained. And I think what is going on is people are losing attention and losing focus and losing concentration. And I think their minds are are drifting. And uh, I think that's happening to a lot of people and it's manifesting itself in a lot of different ways. And I, that's why when I look at these economic projections by people, I really throw, uh, you know, cold water on them because they might be right. They might not be right, but the uncertainty level is so high. I don't know how you put anything down with any degree of confidence. Yep. No, I agree. Yep. And they do it confidently where they'll put a projection out or a a forecast or this is my view. And I think this, you don't have a choice. I guess if you're going to go on, if you know, if you have to put out your research note or you have to go on CNBC or Bloomberg and put and make a quote and you know, you, you got to put yourself out there and make a, make a bold prediction. Um, yeah. Yeah. People aren't afraid to do it. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, nobody wants to come. Nobody's going to go on and say, all right, well, we're going to wait until September or October. You know, I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. yeah. I, but maybe it would be nice if they did say that. If somebody said, hey, look, uh, we have no clue. We don't know. We're going to make the best of each, you know, week, month, quarter, and we're going to take it as it comes. But we don't know right now. There's a lot of factors going on. So to your point, um, I, I've been on Kevin Muir's podcast a couple of times. And yep. uh, Mark, market huddle, market huddle. And mm-hmm. um, uh, I go back and I, as with this podcast, I go back and I listen to them because I want to see if we made any mistakes. And we did, I, and we do, we did make a mistake last week, which I'll need to go back and correct in a minute. But mm-hmm. um, anyway, and I read the comments uh, to see, you know, did I say something stupid or. You know, right. how many stupid things. Anyway, uh, I have noticed a couple of times now that people have commented, you know, Morris's position is all cash. You know, tell us something useful. And I, I chuckle at you that. You just did. I chuckle at that because I could be right or wrong, but, you know, I, I you know. Yeah, I'm just yeah, yeah. being honest. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think- Dude, can I say that that position really bothers people? 
I've got friends that are like, how come he doesn't put his money in the money market? Why cash? He's so smart. He should know. Why is he in cash? Yeah, it, it it's like irked friends of mine. <laughs> well, the the I I will tell your friends. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I if I had smaller amounts of money, okay, I would be very comfortable putting it in a uh, money market fund that mm-hmm. was held government securities. Mm-hmm, okay. mm-hmm. I would be very comfortable having it in a bank savings account or a checking account known as a demand account. Mm-hmm. Okay. My understanding is savings accounts and checking accounts are guaranteed by the federal government up to $250,000. Great. Okay. Above $250,000, you're on your own. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't think this is going to surprise anyone, but mm-hmm. I have something north of $250,000. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I buy treasury bills or two-year notes okay. with it because yep. if whoever is custodying my securities has trouble, your cash is guaranteed to two hundred fifty grand, but your securities virtually unlimited mm. and that's why uh, understood okay. but to your friend's concern about why i don't have a position in the market it's pretty simple it's because i'm going to be 61 and uh i have the luxury of waiting for what i think is a better opportunity if i was 40 or 30 or 20 I would have a very different approach. I, I even with that, I would not be. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I would mm-hmm. not be all in, but Got I it. would have. I would have some exposure, and uh, that's one of the things. Like you, as I tell you, you turn the map around, right? Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. you want to see who. Um, uh, you have to base decisions on your own personal situation, and uh, you know, not be looking to. Uh, you know, me to tell you, mm-hmm, tell you mm-hmm. what to do. So. No, I know people that drives, <laughs> I laugh at those comments too. Um, you know, tell, tell us something we need to, you know, tell us something useful or something like that. I remember that night when you, I don't know if we were out to dinner or if we were supposed to go to dinner or whatever it was, whenever it was in March. And you were like, I'm going to, I'm going to take a time out now, you know? And, yeah. and I went home the next day and I did the same thing. Yeah. Yep. Sorry, sorry about cash. that. No, it's all right. I didn't wait as long as you. You said you were close to getting back in. I, um, I had, I literally had bids in that were a di- freaking day away from buying the low, but it didn't work out right. for me. And, and uh, you know, yeah, I fucked up. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, it's all right. No, I, I, of course. I mean, look, it's funny how when you hear these guys uh, interviewed. Right, mm-hmm. they're always talking about how they did this right and did that right, and it seems like every time I'm thinking about something, all I remember the is the things I screwed up, and yet uh, always seem to end up coming out okay. I don't, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Um, so we may, I made, I'll take responsibility for this. Last week, I think I was a little harsh on uh, Nancy Pelosi's husband. Got hundreds of emails applauding that segment. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was probably the most popular segment we've ever had. <laughs> so uh, 
why do I feel like I was a little harsh? Well, upon further review, he mm-hmm. bought, I think it was Google or mm-hmm. Alphabet, Alphabet or whatever they yeah. call the fucking thing now. Mm-hmm. And um, he bought the calls in March of 2020. Bought the, yep, bought and the bottom. He bought the bottom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I hard to call a guy a bad guy for doing that. Mm-mm. I know. You know, I know. It, it's not like because you, I think, um, right after that discussion mentioned mm-hmm. about the senators who got mm-hmm. the the briefing and went out and started selling stuff. Yeah. So, Mr. Yep. Pelosi, please, from the bottom of my heart, and all of the folks here at Inside Baseball with Old Chestnut, please accept our heartfelt apology. How's that? Have your have your wife clean up that mess of a city. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty bad there. Most expensive real estate market in the nation. Can't walk down the street without stepping on a hypodermic needle. So there were uh, four people shot in New York yesterday, and I saw on one of borough? these website. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think it was Brooklyn. Yeah, they've got a a, a security cam of a, a man. Mm-hmm. Enough said. Walking up to a guy pulling out a gun and just shooting him dead on the street. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. New York City, Philadelphia, Chicago. Pick a city. You know, they have bad gun violence. Um, San Francisco, I don't think, has that gun violence. It just has terrible drug-rooted, you know, crime out there. Um, but, yeah, New York and Chicago, we have serious problems right now. Um yeah. Yeah. So that will conclude this hour of yeah. optimism. And <laughs> <laughs> what's the good news? Is there any good news? There's got to be something, right? No. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't. I don't know. I, I think that you know, there's that saying: "Out of chaos comes order." I mean, I okay. think something's got to. I, I I think part of this is just, you know. We're in such a situation of people are afraid to say the wrong thing in the wrong way, and yeah, I don't know. Yeah, all right. I mean, I, I, um, I know there is some good news. Apparently, there was more information found that um, uh, Bill Clinton took two more flights with uh, Ghislaine yep, Maxwell. Yep, Maxwell. Yep. Um, so it's good we have more information. Why is it that guy? He's like a Teflon pan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He is. He's right? smooth, you know. He yeah, is smooth. Yeah, and I know and if you were walking down the street and turned your head and looked at a girl, you'd get hit now with a frying pan. Yep. Right? Yep. Not Bill. Not Bill. I'm just waiting to see if uh, the Larry Summers thing gets any traction too. Oh, tell me about that. Well, What's I, the Larry Summers thing? Well, I I'll send it to you. There's a picture of him. Standing oh, next, oh, 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 yeah. oh, yeah, 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 it, yeah. It's funny. I was about to send Kevin Muir a copy of that picture, and he has a, a newsletter, which I subscribe mm-hmm. to. I'm a fully paid up, by the way. Mm-hmm. So, you know. <laughs> okay. Um, he had that very same picture. Ah, okay, good. So good, good, good. How long yeah. before? Uh, yep. TikTok. TikTok. Yeah. Mr. Yeah, Rick. yeah, 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 yeah. Fascinating, man. What a tangled web that whole thing is, you know? It it, it ain't it ain't over. Mm -mm. I know. I know. But I'll tell you what is over. I think it's it's time for me to go take my nap. 
All right, buddy. It was. It's been fun. Um. So yeah, pay attention this week. Um. Hey, say to, the uh, say the the email address so you can get more love from Inside the- Baseballcast at gmail.com. I want to thank all the guys that have been emailing us. I'm behind on some. I will get them out tonight, and that will hopefully prompt you to listen to the show. You know, again. That, that, <laughs> that address just rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Inside Baseball Cast. Well, it's been a couple of weeks since we've gotten any um, emails or suggestions to change the name, so we'll see you again next week at Inside Baseball. <laughs> all chest up. <laughs> all right, my friend. That was great. all right, buddy. Thank you. Cheers. Bye now.